Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Jean Kwok, and I'm thrilled to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called Mama, Am I Pretty? And what I really don't have time for is putting on makeup. Lily King is the author of Five Tuesdays in Winter. She is the New York Times bestselling author of five novels, The Pleasing Hour, The English Teacher, Father of the Rain, Euphoria, and Writers and Lovers, which was one of my favorite books, by the way. Her work has won numerous awards, including the Kirkus Prize, the New England Book Award for Fiction, the Maine Book Award for Fiction, a Whiting Award, and the Barnes & Noble Discover Award. She has been a finalist for the National Book Critics Circle Award and an alternate for the Penn Hemingway Award. She lives in Portland, Maine. Hi, Lily. Thanks for coming on Mom's No Time to Read Books. <laughs> Hi, Zimmy. Thank you for having me. So nice to have you back on. As you know, Writers and Lovers is like one of my all-time favorites. I talk about it all the time whenever given the choice. (laughs) Anyway, I like could not wait for this collection of short stories. So I'm delighted that you wrote another book and that we can talk again. (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) Okay. So would you mind telling listeners what was the impetus? I know a lot of these stories or some of the stories had been written. Some of them are new. Tell me why you decided, why short story collection why these stories? I don't know. Just tell me about the whole thing. I think the why is that they just started piling up. I just started, you know, having enough to really think about, you know, collecting them together and, and, and putting them out. I've been writing them, you know, they probably span like 20 years. There's not the early, early stuff, but I I think maybe the, the first one was written Maybe, maybe even as early as the first draft was in 98 or 99, something like that, right around when my first novel came out. And I mean, I really had been writing short stories since I was a junior in high school because I was lucky enough to have a creative writing class where we had to do that. And we had to write 
a three and a half page story every single Monday morning on his desk by 8 a.m. So that was, and I took that class one semester in junior year and one semester senior year. So I got a lot of practice with short stories even before I got to college. And then I took short story fiction writing straight through in college and then wrote them in grad school. So, so they are kind of, you know, the most natural element for me to swim in, I feel like. And, and it's funny that, that people don't really know that. (laughs) And that I, you know, I haven't, published any before this, except for, you know, a a few in, in journals. And I think, I I think I would say about them that they're the the structure. It was really interesting to kind of try to come up with a structure for the collection. And I would say that there are kind of three pillars in this book. And one is the first one creature and then timeline and then man at the door, because those three have narrators who become writers. And I think that they're kind of talking to each other. And I feel like they're in some ways, you know, holding up the book in in a way. And I thought about making them just a triptych and having them separate from the rest of the the stories. But then I realized they're quite integral to all the other themes in the book. So we kept them kind of spaced out. Interesting. I loved in Creature... That's the creature's the one with the babysitter, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I loved, you know, and she's like up in her turret and laying on the window seat and, you know, starting to write. And then you can like see that it's coming, that she's, this is what's coming down the pike for her and how she's observing everything and the craziness in the family and all of that. I, I just love that. It's, I also love when in books you reference like that the character references, she wants to be a writer as she's becoming a writer and you're reading it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And that was a real surprise to me. It's so interesting that you say you can see it coming because I did not see it coming. I, I didn't see it coming until I wrote that sentence, you know, that ends something like, you know, which is, which is what I eventually became like a writer is what I eventually yeah. became. And I, that surprised me so much. I remember writing that sentence. I remember exactly where I was. I was across town from here and I wrote that. And then I kind of, you know, stopped and I was like, Oh, did I just do that? Like leap in time. And you know, and make that. I just, I didn't expect it. Even though she was in this turret, she was reading Jane Eyre yep. and she was writing her friend these letters. That was a, a delightful surprise to me. And those moments are really what I love about writing fiction most is that I, I couldn't have planned for that. You know, it just, there it was. And then it, it just made me like the story so much more and care about her and understand her. And, and then we went, we went on from there especially because her friend starts making fun of her for some of the tone that she takes on later. I loved that too, because it's so, you know, the self-deprecating writer, you know, already. (laughs) Right, right, right. And then her writing gets her in trouble, right? You know, and and so there are all kinds of consequences to writing down your feelings. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's how actually I had my first article published. I was about her age and I wrote down all these feelings I had. And my mom found my musings and was like, you have to send this into a magazine. And that's how I sold my first article to 17. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Good for your mom. I know. I look back and I'm like, that's so cool. Cause I don't think I would do that for my kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, magazines aren't now what they were, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was cool of her, but I know that's really impressive. Yeah. Anyway. So tell me about which one, like, which ones are the most recent? Like, which ones of these came most recently versus the ones that are, like, which is the most recent one that you wrote? Yeah, I think it's either Creature or Timeline. I wrote them right around the same time. And I, I think I went back and forth with them. But I think Timeline is probably the very most recent. Oh my gosh, Ethan Frome. 
Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I wrote timeline on that typewriter right there. No way. And I had just, I had just gotten it. You know, I had done a book deal and I was like, I'm going to buy a typewriter. You know, I just really wanted like a adorable little manual typewriter. Cause I, I'd never had one except, you know, maybe in my family when I was like nine years old or something. And I, I, I started that story and I just, I felt like it was something different. You know, I felt like that machine pulled out something different from me. And I love, I love, you know, I usually write by hand. I sometimes write on the computer. I mean, I eventually put everything on the computer, but, but right. That, that, that manual typewriter pulls out of me a different part of my brain. It like accesses like some different little node in there that that's really exciting to me. I don't use it a lot, but I, I love, I love what comes out when I do. Wow. How crazy to think that different ways of writing bring out different characters. I know. It's like sorcery. I mean, right? really. It's like different yeah. chants from different, you know, the witch's chants from different things, you know, bring out different. Yes. You know. <laughs> no, it's very true. It's very true. I sometimes feel like it's in the machine, you know, it's like it's in that little black machine, you know, and, and then it just oh comes gosh. out. I have my grandmother's typewriter like right there on the shelf. Oh. Now I'm wondering if I were to start using it. Like what? I know. Give it a try. I just, just humor me. Okay. I'm going to have to get new ink or whatever. I don't even know if they sell that anywhere. Do they still sell typewriters? They do. There's a, there's a place in North Carolina. If you Google, you know, old typewriters, North Carolina, you just tell them. I will do that right after we, right after we stop. That's a really great, a a great place to to do your business, your typewriter business. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So what is it about the short story? Like, I know you said that's your favorite form. Like, what is it? Is it that it you have to tell the whole... Like, well, I should just say, I should leave it open-ended and not guess. <laughs> you know, for me, it's all about concision. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible challenge because you really can't make a mistake in short stories, you know? And novels are much more forgiving. Novels, you can, you can put all kinds of crap in there and people don't <laughs> mind. But short story, you really you know, it's got to be like an arrow, you know, it's got to move like an arrow, but you don't know what the target is really any more than you do with a novel. You just, you know, you, you, you just go and you have to dump everything that doesn't move it forward. And, and I like that challenge. I also like that if it doesn't work, it's okay. You know, (laughs) you have not wasted three years of your life researching, writing this book that doesn't work. And so in that way, it just, you know, it's more like an affair than a marriage and more, it just is, it's a lighter feeling in, in some ways to just play. And then, and then if you feel like you got something, it's just, you know, a bonus and a surprise. And did any of your novels come from short stories? My first one came from two short stories that I mushed together and because I didn't want to come out with a collection of short stories first. I was really, really broke. And I had heard <laughs> that you get paid more if you sell a novel. So, and I liked novels and I wanted to try it. And I had this one short story that had the plot of a girl, a young, you know, like a 19 year old having a baby for a sister. And I liked the plot, but then I had this other story that was set in France and I really loved the language. I loved the the voice and the tone and so weirdly, I just, I was, I just mushed them together and started writing this novel. It took me like nine years, but that's what I did. Okay. We can't 
bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe. But we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus, or when my husband gets to LA, or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Wow. And then, and of course, it reads like short stories. I mean, it's completely called a novel. <laughs> but you can tell. Those, those chapters are short stories. They are it's not a novel. And I thought, I don't know if I'll ever really write a real novel, you know, where you leave something hanging and then pick it up. And, and now I feel like I'm more comfortable in the novel. And, and so it was really fun to go back to this, to this early form and just kind of be there with, with that. And while you're, while you worked on this, are you like, are you also working on another novel? Like, was this in tandem with another project or did this take? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, uh, yeah, it's uh, my short stories are always Usually now I write them when I'm taking a break Mm -hmm. from a novel, when a novel is just becoming too sticky and too difficult and too frustrating. And, and I just want to have fun, you know? And so that's how most of these were written kind of, while some were in between, some were like warming up, certainly timeline. Definitely. I, I think I didn't know it at the time, but I was gearing up to write writers and lovers. I didn't, I didn't think about it. But, you know, obviously there, there are similarities in there. She's a waitress. She wants to be a writer. It's a little earlier than Writers and Lovers begins, but there are definitely similarities. And, and it surprised me that I, that I wrote about that, that I wasn't ready to write a full-length novel about it. But, but I, think, I think Timeline kind of got me there. Hmm. And what about Win in the Dordogne? Tell me about this one. So that I wrote when I was writing Father of the Rain. And that novel, Father of the Rain, is real, was really, really emotional for me to write. And I had to take big breaks, like long breaks where I thought, I'm never, ever going to write that book anymore, ever again. And so I wrote a couple. I wrote When in the Dordogne and I wrote Hotel Seattle. And, you know, that came from one sentence that a guy said to me in a pizza restaurant, like years before, when my kids were really little. and. We went out to pizza, my husband and our two kids, and we ran into this 
guy that I had known when I was like 15, 16 years old. And I really barely knew him. He was kind of in the same social circle in this summer place where I had gone when my mother married a man who had a house there. And so, you know, he, we were, we were, re- I mean, I had hardly had any conversation. I really didn't know him the well, well at all, but I ran into him and we started talking and somehow he said that when he was, you know, a teenager, his parents had gone away for the summer and they'd hired two college kids to take care of the house. And he said, because I came with the house, they had to take care of me too. <laughs> and then we were like, okay, bye. And I never won't see him again for another 20 years or something. And I just remember that sticking in my head, just that one little image, you know? And then, and then somehow years, you know, probably five years after that, I sat down to write a short story and that came out like that little thing. And then, I I mean, it's nothing based on him or his life because I don't, I know zero about his life, but I just went from there. And and a lot of these stories are a little bit like that. Like they're just tiny, tiny moments. Like North Sea is a story about a mother and a daughter, German mother and daughter, and the mother slash father I mean, the husband slash father has, has just died and they go on a vacation together. And when I was in Germany on this little German book tour that I was lucky enough to take for Father of the Rain, I met a bookseller and she had a daughter and they had a bookstore together. And she told, she, she said that every year they go to this place, to this island. I think she said the North Sea, but I have to, actually don't even know. And they started going after her husband died and they had a horrible time and they go back every year. And I love that too. Like, <laughs> like a little twist. Like we had a terrible, terrible, terrible time. And the daughter was like, oh God, did we have a terrible time? We go back every year. And I, I never was able to work that into the North Sea, but, but it's in there in my head, but I couldn't work that detail in there. I never jumped ahead to say that they go back every year, but I, I just wanted to work out. Okay. What was that like? Whoa, whoa, you know, what were their struggles at that moment on that Island, you know, grieving but unable to help each other, you know? Wow. Well, I feel like just the act of having a short story collection out, I feel like there's this unspoken, like I am a real literary author if I have a short story collection out. Like, I feel like there's this whole like hierarchy. I'm just, you know, peeling back the onion to to find out, right? Like it puts uh-huh. you like, a collection of essays is totally different than a collection of stories. And like, oh, do you know what I mean? Like there's this, like, I don't know, almost not snobbery because not, and certainly not from you, but just in the, you know, literary ish world, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I haven't really thought about that. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Do I, will I get a little bit more clout for having written yeah, a collection? Yeah. I think so. You get automatic, you get automatic extra clout. I don't think you need it, but you know, I think, I think it's true. And you have, you know, to bring your cloud down. You also have an essay in my collection. <laughs> <laughs> Moms don't have time to That does kids. not bring my cloud down. No. <laughs> my so daughter true. just read that yesterday. What's and that? I was like, I showed that to you, right? I know I showed it to you. Like I, I got permission from you. Oh, to your daughter? Yeah. And she like had no real recollection of reading it before. And I was like, oh God, really? You know, but I, I I'm. Anyway, it was okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. She's she's all good with it. Well, I still think like, you know, when I got that essay from you and your document was like for Zibby or something, and I was like, this is so cool. Like that you would send me, that you would write this essay, like for me, for not for this collection. Like I, it just like blew my mind. I'm like, 
<laughs> it's just so cool to have like somebody you so admire Aww. and then have them like create something. I, it's just the coolest. Anyway. Oh, that is so kind. God, it's I was cool. honored to be included in that no, incredible it was... anthology that I can't wait for everybody to read. Me too. I know. So you have so much going on. It's really exciting. So <laughs> what big project, this sort of procrastination manual exactly. <laughs> publicity is now probably eating into some other project. What, what else do you have cooking over there? I am writing another novel. It has been, you know, my, it's been very kind of stop and start and fragmented. And I feel, you know, now I have this book coming out and I just, as many vows as I make that I will write through my book tour, I just cannot, I cannot. So it's kind of just right here in a little notebook and I will get back to it as soon as I can, but I'm trying not to feel terrible about not pushing it forward right now. But I keep on, the problem with stopping is that I keep on getting ideas. So I've gotten two, three new ideas for new novels. And I'm just, I'm trying so hard not to be tempted, you know, because you're always kind of thinking, well, that would be easier. That would be easier. That would solve all my problems because then I wouldn't have to solve those problems. I could solve other problems, but I'm really going to try to stick with this one. Okay. I won't hold you to it if you change your mind. It's okay. (laughs) You can cheat on that book by starting another book and not even tell us all. Exactly. Are you doing in-person events or no? Yeah, I am. I am. It's weird, but I probably have six or something in-person events. I haven't had one yet, but they're coming. That's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited to have an audience again. It's just incredible to meet readers, talk to them. Incredible. Yeah. I hear lots of people are out there. (laughs) I know I asked you this before, but maybe you have a different answer or probably neither of us remember what you said last time. Although I should probably, I probably should have gone and looked it up, but I didn't have time to do that. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? Oh, that's always a good question. Stop making excuses and write. And, you know, maybe there's someone out there who does not make excuses and really does write and is committed. But for every one of those, I think there are so many hundreds of others. And I I was one of them for years and years and years. Uh, I think it's just, it's really hard to do the work. It's hard to do the work, whether you've never written a novel, whether you've written 10 novels, it just is hard. And what you, you know, discipline really, really is the biggest thing. And you, you just, you have to let go of the critic in your head that stops you from writing. And you can say that it's your full-time job and you can say that it's your kids and you can say that it's a gazillion different things, but really what's stopping you from writing is that critic in your head. And if you can just ignore that voice and just get the words on the page, you know, it's your only hope. (laughs) It's your only hope. It is. You got to get the words on the page. There's no other way around it. The best thing I feel like you said is that for you, short stories are just a way to have fun. I mean, yeah. that is the art. That's like the, a true writer. So I mean, I mean, that's, you have to enjoy it. Right. I mean, if it's not fun, there are a million other jobs. I don't know. I know it's just, it, it is, that is a question that I've started to ask other writers when I interview them, because I just, I find it really confusing because I don't, a lot of days writing a novel is not fun. It's just not fun, but it's satisfying. You know, even a bad day is satisfying because I was there. And I tried and, and that really is what's satisfying. Fun is another thing. (laughs) And I actually have a note on my wall right behind me that says, have fun, because that is a big commitment that I am trying to make both to short stories and to novels is just 
to really, really try to enjoy it. And of course, you know, it's just a great lesson for every day on this earth, right? To try and have fun, to try to appreciate what you can. And I'm working on all those things. Wow. That's a great message. I mean, I could say the same for parenting. It's not always fun, Uh, but it is very satisfying, but some days are terrible, but you're still building, you're still working on something collectively that will take on a life of its own. So yeah, you just have to keep showing up. (laughs) So true. So Lily, thank you. Congratulations on five Tuesdays in winter. Thank you. You should, are you doing something on five consecutive Tuesdays in winter to like celebrate this book in some way? Did you pick the Tuesdays yet? (laughs) Oh, that's a great idea though. No, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten there at all. (laughs) Oh, you should, you have to be like Tuesday, number one, Tuesday, number two. Okay. I'm doing that. That is a fantastic idea. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Okay. Thanks again. Thank you, Zibi, so, so much. Take care. Okay. Bye, Lily. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 